You're listening to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, episode number twenty-eight. It's another excellent day. Welcome to Healthy Living with Eric Sue podcast, the one podcast that everyone agrees and says has the best fitness, nutrition, and healthy lifestyle advice in the world. And now your host, Eric Sue. Hey guys, Eric Sue here. Welcome to another episode of Healthy Living with Eric Sue. It's October 2015 already, and it's time to start planning for fall and winter months ahead. Specifically, our fitness workouts, our nutrition program, and the best way to live healthier. Having said that, I'm excited about today's show because it's about self-belief. There are many times where you do not feel good enough or thought you do not deserve certain things. Well, today's guest, Heather Avery, understands this and will share her experience and knowledge to help you figure it all out. So without any delay, let me all in- let me introduce you all to Heather Avery. Heather, are you there? I am here. Thank you so much for having me, Eric. No worries, no worries. Let me just give you, uh, my audience, a quick bio that I grabbed from your website. Is that all right? That's great. Awesome. So it says, Heather was certified in 2008 and continued her 500-hour advanced student studies in 2010. She also works as a massage therapist, so alignment is an important element to her classes to avoid injury, as well as preparing for more advanced postures. Heather strives to challenge her students while taking a lighthearted approach to make her students feel comfortable and empowered. Her, Heather believes the most important posture is the one from ear to ear. Bringing more joy to our practice brings more joy to our lives. So with that, let me introduce you guys to Heather. And if Heather, you could get started with sharing a little bit more about who you are and how you got started, uh, why you're so passionate about health and wellness, that'd be great. Wow. Um, Well, I'm going to try to make a long story short. So for me growing up, uh, I kind of have a little bit of an interesting background. I grew up with two parents that were very unhealthy. Um... My mother had a heart attack at the age of 43, and I had always known that my father is severely diabetic, and he's right now suffering with a lot of um, side effects from not caring about himself. He lost toes. Uh, he's had his kidneys no longer work, um, lost a whole bunch of his eyesight, and now has multiple myeloma, which is a, a form of um, bone cancer. So I knew at a very young age that this is not the path that I wanted to go down. I wanted to have longevity, be there for my family, be there for the people that that I love, and live a full and amazing life, right? So we take care of this temple that is our body so we can do more things, go on adventures, right? And have Mm -hmm. stories to tell our grandkids and and maybe our great-grandkids. So that's where my whole path to wellness started. Um, Years ago, I didn't really know where to start. And I used to think that there would be this, I hit this magical scale weight number, I'm going to be happy. And if I can wear this size jean, I'm going to be happy. Mm. And I grew older and wiser. <laughs> and found out that wasn't the case. And I had dabbled through yoga with yoga, you know, in college and off and on um, in my earlier years. And it just never stuck. 
And there was one point in time where I had been going through a, a fairly difficult point in my time, and I had moved, and there was a studio very close to where I lived. And um, my very, I, I call her my first teacher, even though she wasn't the first teacher I took yoga from. She was my first teacher. Um, her name is Becky. And I took Becky's class. And I was like, man, this woman just, like, whoops my butt. <laughs> and I feel like I can do anything. I felt empowered and relaxed at the same time. And so I went from doing my yoga practice once a week to twice a week three times a week, mm-hmm. and on and on and on. And what led me to my, my first teacher training was I had no interest in teaching. I didn't want to teach yoga. I wanted to understand all this tree hug and hippie granola stuff, why I felt so darn good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, making a long story short, through that I had someone ask me to sub a class, and I was like, no way, I'm not a teacher, I have no interest in teaching, this is really for my own personal growth and understanding. And after giving it some thought, I thought, you know, I'm subbing a class. What if I'm terrible? I don't have to do it again. Mm-hmm. And I fell in love. And so now I get to give back the same thing that my teachers gave to me. And then I continue to grow and I continue to learn. And um, yeah, that's how I got where I am. So I teach uh, 11 classes a week. I manage a yoga studio. I work with some of the most incredible people that I've had the privilege of knowing. And um, my students have become like family to me. Absolutely. You know, I... I, um had a chance to visit you personally and see where you got where you do your magic and uh from the few interactions from some of the clients that you had there i could tell that uh they really enjoy uh the facility and what you offer so i totally uh agree what you said i'm just curious though heather let's have some fun what's one cool or unique fact about yourself let us let our audience learn a little bit more about who you are I'm a huge anatomy geek. <laughs> I think the human body is, is the most wonderful, well-put-together machine. And any time I get a chance to talk anatomy, oh, you'll just watch my little face light up. Um, the other thing, and it, it kind of goes along with this, this whole topic of, of self-acceptance, um, I'm a vocalist. And I put together, or I'm in the process of putting together an album of yoga music. And for me, it's where my music background and my yoga meet together. And years ago, I probably would have been scared to death to put it out there. And what do people think? What's, what's going to happen? What if? And I know that living my life in that state of what if, nothing's going to get done. So I decided to put it out there. So... That's that's something a little bit fun. <laughs> cool, that's so awesome. I, I uh, I've talked to several people, and I don't think uh, I've heard of this combination, if you will. But uh, I know we uh, we talked a little bit last time, and we were trying to figure out a, a great uh, topic to discuss and something you're really passionate about in this self belief and self worth. Um, can you dive into that? Why why are you so passionate about that? Well, there was one day in particular I came across, you know, if you're on Facebook, it shows, uh, you know, your, your like timeline, right? And this yeah. photo popped up of me 
I don't know, maybe about, I don't know, a handful of years ago. And I looked at this picture. It was a really beautiful picture of me. But that girl that was in the picture didn't feel very beautiful. Mm. And that girl in the picture did not have the self-confidence that that picture showed. Right. We, we see the behind. We don't get to see the behind the scenes. You, you go up on Facebook or you go on social media and that's the highlight reel. You don't get the behind the scenes. Right. So, um, you know, I'm just going to kind of be raw, open and audit, honest. I suffered severe bullying growing up, um, a little bit of child abuse to, to boot. And mm. I always thought, wow, if I had to be accepted in this world I had to be skinny I had to be I had to be beautiful and I had to be the form of someone else's ideal and as time went on through my yoga practice well guess what I got self-improvement I did lose a few pounds my body did change for the better and all you need to do in yoga is really trust in that process but what came along for the ride was no matter what the scale says, no matter what you see in the mirror, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Do we really want to walk around this, this world being a bunch of little clones of what advertisers say is beautiful? That's someone else's idea of beauty. Beauty is not a 20-year-old that's a, a perfect body. Yes, they're beautiful. But when that same 20-year-old turns 50, their value is just as great. Right. Now, now in far as far as translating that to, you know, the people that you uh, transform, if you will, the, the, the people that you uh, help change their lives, do you see a lot of what you just said in them? Yeah, they come for self-improvement and self-acceptance kind of comes along for the ride. There's a, a yogi quote by um, Sri, Pat- Sri Patabi Joyce. And the quote is this, practice and all is coming, meaning you do your yoga practice, you do your yoga practice, or let's let's say that you love Zumba or your workout, right? Whatever it is, you do that to the best of your ability. Just trust in the darn process that it's going to do its job. And yoga isn't easy. And especially when you see someone who's new to their yoga journey, there's frustration all over the mat. Oh, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. I wish I had a nickel. For every time I heard that, mm. I would, I, I'd, I'd pretty much be pro- independently wealthy. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, so there's all this frustration going, yoga, you don't need to meet yoga. You don't need to go and say, I need to get this good to be a great yogi. Yoga meets you where you are, right? Mm. Whether you're eight or 80, you can do yoga. It's accessible to everyone. So there's all these preconceived notions, right? Oh, yoga's easy. Then you take yoga. Yoga's not easy. It's hard. I can't do yoga. My balance isn't there. And we can make excuses our whole life, right? Yep. We're always going to be to this, to that. Well, I don't have enough this or I don't have enough that. Let it go. Oh, yeah. Let it go because that's all kind of brainwashing, right? We can come up with an excuse why not to do anything. Right. But just give it a try. Roll out your mat. It's there. And it's an entire hour or however long you want to practice to reconnect to yourself. Your body 
loves you so much that every cell, right, the little microcosms that make you, loves you so much, it keeps you alive every day. And so my physical yoga practice is just reconnecting with me. And I get stronger and I get more flexible and I look better and I feel better. But every day I look in the mirror and I said, I'm here another day. And it's a huge, huge blessing. Do you find that um, those who just try yoga just once, uh, and maybe more so in your class and the experience you provide, do you find that these barriers, obstacles, hurdles that they they tell themselves, do you find that that's breaking down a little bit after your class? In some, yes. Sometimes it's going to take a few classes. Everybody's, everybody's different. We all come from these different backgrounds. And I can tell you on your mat, right, you'll be in a, you know, a difficult yoga pose. And while you're there, I'm going, you know, it's enough. You're enough. You're perfect the way you are. But people have to those mental barriers that we all create, we have to break those down themselves, ourselves, right? We have to do the work. So I'm going to lead you through a practice on your mat. I'm going to give you an experience. I'm going to give you a journey. But you, as a practitioner, have to be ready and willing to accept and be open to whatever comes your way. I've had people full on get into a pose and break down and cry, not because it hurts, or because they're upset, there just becomes this emotional release. Mm. And I just say, you know what? You found something. Let it out. Mm. And that sounds like a bunch of tree hug and hippie granola stuff. And I thought the same thing too until it happened to me one time. Because we hold we hold a lot of tension in our body from our our past. Mm. Whether it be a physical car accident or abuse or emotional abuse of some sort, you know, it's kind of embedded in that subconscious. Now, I don't claim to be a therapist, right. but I, I have many students that are in therapy and will say, get your butt into yoga. Mm-hmm. And not only you work it out, talk it out with me, work it out physically on your mat. Absolutely. You know, there, there's, um, you know, the other methods of working out, you know, running is another a uh, great activity in my opinion and uh there are people who say that I can't even run 5 minutes or I can't even run uh around the block whatever it is right that's almost the same when I hear what you said about those who have this mental physical block about yoga it's, it's almost the same thing it's like well have you really tried it and you know have you really experienced it to say that you can't go around the block you know so uh well, I know where you're coming from I that that that's going to bring me to a story. I'm so glad you said that. So there was one day, I've, I've got a couple of students with me that are uh, triathletes, runners. Um, I have one of, one of uh, she, she, just, she just speaks to my heart, and I'm so proud of her. Um, my friend Stephanie, my student and friend, is doing the Ironman okay. coming up in, in uh, Arizona. Uh-huh. which I'm so incredibly proud of her. But there was one day a while back she had said to me, well, Heather, you were a runner, right? Oh, my God, no, I can't run. And it was really weird. I almost had this um, like out-of-body experience hmm. where I stopped and I heard myself. And when I said, oh, my gosh, I can't run, I heard everybody else say to me, oh, I can't do yoga. I'm not flexible. Hmm. 
And I stopped myself and I said, well, what is running? I put on my shoes. It was a couple weeks later. I put on my shoes and I just went. And I didn't go fast and I didn't go far, but I kept going. So it's that same theory as being on the mat, right? I can't run. Yes, you can. It doesn't have to be how far. So that shares, that brings back, brings me back to a quote. And I can't remember who it's by, so forgive me for this. 